the Fertility Podcast is here to help you understand more about your fertility and for the last eight years has published a lot of conversations with experts and people sharing their stories. It's now going back to its roots, giving you people's lived experiences once again to give you comfort in knowing there's a community of people who get it so you find commonality, be inspired and know you're not alone. Started by me, Natalie Silverman, a former patient, once I was pregnant after fertility treatment, I later joined forces with Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant, who is now your host. And here she is. Hi, how are you? Hope all is good. Before we get into this episode, I've got a couple of things that I want to talk to you about today. The first one being... If you're going through IVF treatment, did you know that you can rate your experience with your fertility clinic on the HFEA website? So the HFEA, Human Fertilization and Embryology Association, they're the regulators for IVF treatment in the UK. And they have this really good site, which you can look at if you're starting off IVF treatment and you want to find a clinic that you'd like to go to and you want to understand what treatments the clinic offers, what their success rates are. If you want to narrow down on your geographic location, it's, it's such a good site. This, this page is called Choose Your Clinic. And on this page, you have the ability to look at ratings, patient ratings of the clinic. And this is really important because when you're trying to find a clinic, you really want some help with that decision, don't you? And if you can see where people have had a really good experience or potentially a negative experience, and that's going to help influence your decision as to whether you chose that clinic for your treatment or not. Particularly if you're going through private treatment and you've got the option to choose your clinic. But very few people use this. So this is a little plea from me that if you can, if you've had either good or bad experience with your fertility clinic, go on to the HFEA website and rate your experience. I kind of see this a little bit as paying it forward. So to help the people coming behind you. Um, And it would be so, so useful. So it only take literally a couple of minutes to do it. But a little plea from me, please do it. Let's see if we can bump up the ratings. Because the HFEA stats and the ratings are completely independent unlike your clinic where that may not necessarily be an independent opinion it's really important the HFEA do provide this so that you can make an informed decision so if you've recently had treatment or even if you had treatment a long time ago go in rate your clinic that would be really valuable and if you're considering a clinic now now you know where to go to find a bit more information about how you can narrow down your clinic choices but also hopefully find that all important information on patient feedback and how they rated their clinic so that's just a little plea from me next thing to tell you about before we launch into this episode is last weekend so by the time this episode goes out it will be weekend after looking before last um i was at the fertility show and if you've never been to the fertility show before it's a place where industry kind of get together and um if you're considering treatment or wanting to understand more about your fertility options then it's a place that you can come to and it's held 
most recently it's been held in May and it's over the weekend to Saturday and Sunday and there's lots of uh, IVF clinics there both UK and abroad there's also other services products that may be able to support your fertility journey and importantly lots of really good talks on all aspects of fertility so it's definitely a place to go if you're thinking about your options it can be a bit overwhelming so bear that in mind Um, it can be quite triggering and a difficult place to go but it's great to get informed. So just one thing to think about for next year. For me, as a professional, I kind of use it a bit of a bit of networking, really. So I was there for the whole weekend helping out on the Ovisent stand. And for me, it's an opportunity to catch up with old friends um, and meet some new and actually see some people that I've met during COVID times online in person. And my God, is everyone so different when you meet them in person? And one of them is actually our next guest. Um, And we're going to be chatting to Sean in a moment. And Sean is an old friend of the podcast. And we've had him on the podcast before. Both Natalie and I interviewed him. Um, And he was talking about male factor. And we'll link his episode in the show notes so you can listen to our, our conversation before. Because this time, he's giving us really a bit of an update on what's been going on since we last spoke. And importantly, what he's doing now. So without further ado, let's bring in Sean. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the Fiditi Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me back. Oh, it's great. It's great. Uh, Sean, as I've just been talking, is an old friend of the podcast. So it's really lovely to have you back today and talking in a different way, because obviously when we chatted last, we were talking about your journey with male factor infertility, which very luckily, has ended up with a very happy ending. And you can tell us a little bit about that in a moment. But we're here to talk about something different today. But before we launch into that, just give us a little bit of an update on your journey and kind of where you are now. Sure. Uh, So like you said, to not go over old ground too much, but brief introduction to myself. I I was diagnosed with azoospermia in 2018 and went through the, the trauma of male factor infertility very much on my own Uh, and then uh, after a couple of unsuccessful operations to try and find sperm I elected to well I say I we my wife and I elected to use donor sperm to progress our wish and dreams to to have a family and we were blessed with our twins Ray and Evelyn uh, in February 21 so it's been an absolute whirlwind since Uh, they've just turned two so uh Every day is carnage, but the best type of carnage. Oh, it sounds like it. And I know from when we chatted last week that you were full into birthday celebrations for the twins, but also for yourself as well. So it's been a busy time. Absolutely. Yeah. My birthday is three days after theirs. So they turn two, I turn 40. <laughs> Your poor wife. Your poor wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's an expensive month. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. So what we're here to talk about today then is how your experiences with male factor infertility and the the time that you were taking to conceive and then to, like we said to then have your twins has kind of changed a lot of things for you and you're now at the point of exploring a different career which like many people and their experiences of a fertility journey sometimes do mean that they then start to do something very different in their life it's almost like a legacy or kind of birthing a new pardon the pun but birthing a new experience so tell us a little bit about what's been happening with you over the last few months 
I started sharing my story just before the twins were born, actually, so January 21, and it was all about just to try and help another man. If I could be the voice I needed when I was going through it and I helped one person, that would have been mission accomplished. Fortunately, uh, it's it's far exceeded my expectations. Uh, I've helped many men. I've given lots of advice. And, and that's actually much to my kind of shock and honour is, is that it's gone kind of worldwide. I've, I put out a, a, a question recently, actually, saying, where in the world are you? And I knew I had a lot of followers in the US and Australia, but there were places in, in where English isn't the first language, like Guatemala and Mexico, Paraguay, just yeah, quite a few South American countries, South Africa, and loads in Europe. It just it, it blew my mind. So I far exceeded my expectations. But what that has kind of led to is so sharing my story absolutely is powerful and it's it's much it's needed in in the male infertility world. But that took me so far. I've started to realise that I was talking to people with kind of different beliefs and values and upbringings and cultures. And my what I did to, to get through it myself kind of may not always be applicable. Uh, and it's obviously play, people have just different ideas. So I, I decided to uh, do some training to become a transformational coach. The reason behind that was so that I could help people no matter who they are, where they're from, uh, and to really just bring a whole new level to the support that I can give men who are experiencing infertility in any respect or whether it's just fertility issues and, and give that help and advice and that that empathetic approach yeah absolutely and what made you feel that this area this area of male fertility coaching it needs somebody like you what, what is it that kind of made you think this is what I, I want to do it, having been through it myself I think is quite key because I was when I was going through it first of all I was looking online for other support groups or men who had been through it there weren't any so I kind of that's why I started doing what I was doing but also I was offered uh, counselling at the clinic uh, that we were using and and just to look through the list and and this is not to take away from people who are so good and so professional what they do but I, I couldn't really identify and resonate with people that were working there because I needed to speak to another man that's one aspect and that was speaking to another man was was that massively important to you so would you feel that you couldn't have spoken to a woman that you needed that understanding from another male yeah I I wouldn't say I couldn't have spoken to a woman but I wanted to speak to a bloke who got it the kind of damage to ego to to the, the shame that I was experiencing so we're kind of told all the time with societal expectations about what we should be as a man, and social media and the news and the media at large are telling us what we should be doing and who we should be and what we should be providing. And suddenly to have all that stripped away, yeah. I just needed someone who, who got it as a man. But then as a man who, who's been through it themselves, I, that I would have jumped at the chance to speak to me, if that yeah. makes any sense. It makes total sense. And when you say about damage to ego and the shame... I can really see how important that was to talk to another man who would get that, you know, and I'm I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that another woman wouldn't get it, but I think the gravity of it is so huge that I can really see the benefit of talking to another man who goes, do you know what? I get that. I totally get what you're experiencing and how you feel. And that's really powerful, isn't it? Yes. I was like looking at female fertility accounts and, and they were helpful to a degree, but they, we are, as they say, 
men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We are different. And I was just going through that, just that deeper level of shame because the fact that there is so many women talking about it and so few men, mm. that that is that, that just sums it up because we just struggle. As we know, men struggle to talk about anything. Uh, and thankfully now the conversation with, for example, mental health is starting to really blossom and that's becoming very kind of uh, well-known and, and there's a lot of organisations out there which is is great and hopefully at one point, in one, at one stage in the future, that's where we'll be with male infertility and that's what I'm I'm trying to help with. I completely agree with you. I think if there's one good thing that's come out of COVID is the fact that we're all talking about mental health so much more um, and that can only be beneficial and particularly for the arena of um, fertility. I... I kind of when you said when you touched on there about um, looking at female accounts, fertility accounts, I completely get that. You know, I look at my website and I look at my Instagram, and it is female biased. It is, you know, I I do try and to bring male factor into it, but if I look at my website and on the page where I'm talking about fertility coaching and the work that I do with my patients when I'm fertility coaching with them, it is very female, and I've not really had. Any man, I've not had a man contact me for fertility coaching. I have coached men as part of a couple um, and I've seen them together Then I can often, I will always see them separately as well. But I've not ever been approached by a man to coach with me. And, and that speaks volumes. And that's where I can see that the work that you're going to be doing is going to be so beneficial because it's going to be totally targeted for the male audience, which is fabulous. And you talked about there about reluctancy for men to kind of seek help or even know where to look for help. Why do you think that men are reluctant? Now, we know that men are less, they're less likely to talk about uh, any emotional issues. They're less likely to seek help from with their health, going to see their GP comparatively to women. So we know that generally. But why do you think that is particularly the way in fertility? Do you think it is partly because fertility is so geared around the woman? And therefore, they don't, as you mentioned, don't recognise themselves in any of the literature in the clinics or anything on Instagram or or websites. What, what do you think is the barrier there? Yeah, it, is, it comes down to, firstly, as we said, men struggle to open up about anything. And that comes down to quite often pride um, and ego, like, like I mentioned. But also, yeah, in, specifically in the fertility world, you are thrust into this whole new world of all these new scientific words and glossary of terms that you're trying to get your head around and quite often even though for example in my scenario it it was male factor but it did feel like all the time it was my wife that was getting talked to and don't get me wrong that was because at times I was like clearly shutting down when I was receiving new life-changing news in, in appointments uh, and that was you... probably recognized yeah tell me a bit more about that it's like, um, I guess, a fight or flight thing is getting told this news and it's almost like I was looking at someone and their, their mouth was moving, but I was just not hearing anything because my senses were shutting down and I was just in my head running it through what I was being told and then just stop, like stop stopping to hear anymore. And they probably see this all the time, I imagine, the professionals, and then know that uh, the other party is probably taking a lot more in and I would often come out of these meetings and then have to ask my wife what had been said mm. so actually I, I started to go in and take notes I found that that brought me back in the room made me a lot more present I was digesting the information a lot more but also but what I found was prevalent in, in the fertility world is once all of my 
investigation and operations had taken place. Um, and that was uh, obviously no, no sperm was found. So we decided to progress with donor sperm. So then it very much, the, sh- the focus and shift went to my wife with the the, the fertility treatment and the cycles, etc. I I felt that I was then at that point just cast aside, but I was dealing with a tremendous amount of guilt that I was putting her through this. Like for example, my uh, during our first cycle, my wife developed ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, so mm-hmm. it became very very ill, and I was like, well, I, I've put her through this, and and I wasn't offered the support. I was offered it prior to when it was me going through it, and also we had the mandatory implications counselling before electing to use donor sperm. But now I was, I felt like a spectator and and that was really, really hard to deal with. Yeah, I can imagine. And like you say, you you felt surplus to requirements, but could sit there and see what your wife was going through. That that must've been really traumatic. And, And to not have that support at that time to help you deal with those emotions and that guilt that you felt. And I know, you know, you touched on it a bit there that, when you're going through IVF you and, and you're going through donor conception, you've got that mandatory counselling. You, you know, prior to an IVF cycle, it's just one counselling session. And obviously you had your mandated um, donor conception counselling. But it doesn't seem enough, does it? And it, is, is that part of the reason why as well that you've thought about? Because obviously you'd have had the choice. You could have gone, do you know what? I want to be a counsellor or I want, I want to be a coach. Why that decision? Why making the decision to be a coach as opposed to a counsellor? Yeah, coaching is very much focused on the present and moving forward and setting future goals and strategies and how you're going to live with with what you're facing now. And whereas I found with the counselling that we had, it was very backwards facing, asking kind of questions which I didn't have the answers for because I didn't know I was infertile when I was like growing up. It was very much a now problem, and it was going to be a future a decision that would be our future forever should it work which like, we are blessed that it did mm-hmm. because now I'm living always with all the implications that come with have, having donor conceived children so I felt that coaching was a good fit uh, experiencing I, I previously had some career coaching so I knew what it was about and it just felt really it's, it's dynamic it's it's modern and, and it, it is it's focused on the, the here and now the present how you're faced with what you're, you're dealing with now, what the problems you've got and how you move forward with them. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, obviously each discipline has its benefits, but I but I, I agree with you in, in for fertility, for me, coaching is so beneficial and to be able to bring back the joy in your life that often you've, you've lost as you're navigating fertility treatments. Um, but as you say, you know, in your situation with donor conception, it didn't stop at your twins being born. You've got the longevity of what it's like having donor-conceived children in your family, and how that plays out. At at what point do you you know do you do you decide? And at what point, if you do decide, do you start talking to your your twins about it? And and it, it's it's there forever, isn't it? To, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah, and and I actually use a coach now to express my feelings and and current thoughts and and future strategies for that all aspects that may arise would certainly one of them will be telling our children about their kind of how they were brought into the world because because that was our decision there is no right or wrong but um that's certainly what we've decided and because sometimes things come up that i i just need to to discuss and, and talk about and get off my chest and that is the key and that's what 
the, the, the crux of it all is, is sharing and talking. It is just such a powerful thing. It is. It is. Yeah. And we need to do more of it, don't we? Sean, what do you think men need from coaching? We've talked a little bit about how they don't feel that they're identified in any um, of the conversations and therefore they're pushed to the side. We've talked about the fact that actually a fertility journey doesn't stop necessarily at a successful pregnancy or a birth of children, that they can have that longevity. So what, what else do you think they need from coaching? With the clients that I, I speak to already, a common theme comes up is that they feel that they've lost a part of themselves and that they're struggling to kind of live a life and, and find the joy in life. And what I do is work with them to to get that back to where, what they think is happiness and, and identifying that actually it hasn't changed who they are at all. And sometimes that means asking some difficult questions and, and setting strategies as well. And it, what is always prevalent is that deep down they know the answers themselves, but they've just kind of gone into a shell and, and almost into complete defence mode and, and and are struggling to find a way out of it themselves. But by, by talking and sharing, and, and again, with someone who gets it, it's I, I see... If, even if it's via Zoom, I see them change. I can see them lift and feel lighter. And then I always keep in contact with my clients. And, and it's it's just remarkable, like the change that they, they, they experience and how they feel. And like just sending me messages every day, just saying kind of thank you and, and bringing into play some of the things that we've discussed. And, and, and as I said, like tools and strategies to cope and to bring back that joy now rather than thinking when I get this or when, when yeah. I get through this. It's, it's all about now. Now, absolutely. Because it, it's that life on hold thing, isn't it, when you're going through mm. a fitness journey that you don't you don't book holidays because you could be going through treatments or something else could be happening, investigations, whatever. You don't book holidays. You don't do those nice things. You, you don't take that career progression. Um, and everything just stops. And that, and yeah. because everything stops, all the joy's gone. There's no, there's nothing left because everything is focused on the fertility journey. But you're right. Say us saying, "I'll be happy when," mm. is just not worth even thinking like that. We need to be happy now, not "I'll be happy when." Uh, exactly. Um, quite often, what that comes down to is communication as well. And, and the first part of that, if it is with me, it's brilliant because then what I see is that that transfers across with their partner for so many years went inside myself and wasn't really communicating with my wife. Yeah. And, and once I started to, that just accelerated all of my healing. Absolutely. And hers too, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Cause it must've been difficult for her if you withdrew. Um, and I guess elements of being quite frustrated for her because I know recent conversations I've been having with some of my coaching patients and I know I call them patients but that's because I'm clinical so they're always gonna be patients to me rather than clients but uh, some of the conversations I've been having is is women's frustration that men just don't seem to be on the same page and I have this talk about the fact you know okay you you feel that they're not on the same page or perhaps they're not necessarily dealing dealing with the emotions in the way that you are but is it because they've withdrawn and they don't Mm -hmm. feel that they can't and they've almost separated themselves from the situation as a protective mechanism for themselves but also for you Um, and it's kind of bringing that awareness which is true you know it's so worth thinking about in that way let me let me sum that up for you so I get contacted for, by a lot of female partners saying, my husband's going through this. He is not talking. He's completely shut down. 
I preferably they would, I, I say, can you get them to speak to me? Can you get them to contact me? If I need to, I, I will con make the approach, but I find it's better if they message me. They will, the, the female partner will say they are literally, I've never seen them so down, et cetera, et cetera. I'll speak to the bloke. I'll be like, hi, how are you doing? They'll be like, all right, mate. Yeah, really well. Thanks. Like, how are you? That <laughs> is men. Yes, and then it's, it, I get there eventually and I'll say, how are you really? And oh. and it, it just takes that little bit longer. And because they've kind of put it aside and buried it so deeply that, and, and almost wanted to shut it out. And that I know from my own experience, and this is why I'm doing this, it's not healthy. It's not good. You will not move forward if, you're, if you've done that. Absolutely. Sean, that's brilliant. You summed that up beautifully. Before I let you go, and you've already given us some great tips, and one of the tips that I really liked is for men to, when you go to a clinic appointment, take a piece of paper and a pen and make notes because you're not going to absorb it all. So that's one tip that I think definitely people should take away from today. But if there was one thing that you knew from your fertility journey back then that you could say that you would like to share to make a difference for people going forward, what would it be? Talk. Talking is key. It really is the fast track to healing. And, and a key part of dealing with any fertility issue is acceptance. And it is the one thing that will get you there. Because by going inwards, by shutting down, especially from your, your nearest and dearest, it, it doesn't help you, it doesn't help them. You're in it together. And, and the, the really, I cannot stress it enough, it's the one thing that really got me to where I am today is, is by opening up and talking. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming and chatting to me again today. It's been absolutely lovely just so that we can signpost people to you, where can they find you? Uh, best place is definitely Instagram, which is at knackered underscore knackers. I just love that. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's, uh, the, the, what's even funnier about it is that it doesn't translate across uh, to America. They don't. <laughs> so having to explain it. Brilliant. Hilarious. Well, thank you so much. Um, we will link your Instagram account in the show notes as well so people can find you easily. But thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you again. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks for having me back. So that was great to hear so much from Sean about what he's doing and why he decided that actually support was lacking for men and there was very little coaching available for men so it's amazing to 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 hear that he's doing this and already he's doing fantastically so well done Sean keep it going so a little bit of housekeeping from me we're going to be taking a little bit of a break over the summer now because I'm going on holiday and I need a bit of a break to be honest because uh, it's been brilliant but difficult juggling everything so just going to have a little bit of break for a few weeks so please keep your um, eye on Instagram because we'll be announcing when we're back I'm going off on holiday and also my fabulous intern Ella she needs a bit of a break because she has done an amazing job at doing all the editing of the podcast things that I would never be able to do don't have the technical ability don't have the time so thank you Ella and please enjoy your well-earned break too but like I said keep an eye on Instagram and we'll let you know when we're back but in the meantime if there are any topics that you would like me to cover anything at all, anything that you think, do you know what, I would really like to understand more about this, or I'd love to hear somebody's experience going through this, then please either send me an email at kate at your fertility journey, 
or you can ping me a message on Insta, your fertility nurse. So I'd love to hear from you and we'll be back soon. So take care, have a super summer. Hope we get some really lovely weather and we'll be back before you know it. Bye for now. Please do rate and review the podcast as it's brilliant for other people to know what you think. Even just hitting follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast really helps other people know it's worth a listen. Also follow Kate on her Insta, which is your fertility nurse. And if you'd like to book in a consultation with Kate to understand more about your fertility and reproductive health, visit yourfertilityjourney.com. 